Chapter 7 of Mr. Wicker's Window. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Arthur Piantadosi of Los Angeles, California, February the 16th, 2010. Mr. Wicker's Window, Chapter 7. Chris was speechless, and Mr. Wicker answered himself. Yes, it was a good trick. Before all we talk, I should like to show you one more. He dropped his hand on Chris's shoulder, and somehow the firm touch was wonderfully comforting to the boy. You won't be home at home, do you not, Christopher? Mr. Arthur asked. Yes, sir. Please. Well, that cannot be for a time, Mr. Wicker replied. For you have important work to do. Mr. Wicker turned and walked back to the two leather chairs with his hand still on Chris's shoulder. He stopped near the table and looked down. I know that all this. He waved a hand to take in not only the room, but, Chris thought, the different time as well. All this seems impossible to understand. He paused, pondering. Perhaps we had better sit down, and I will try to make it understandable. Let me put it uh, this way. Mr. Wicker began when they were seated once more in their chairs before the fire. You have a television set at home? Oh, yes, Chris agreed in And say, some of the programs... Yes, they are splendid, I know, Mr. Wicker broke in. But will you please explain to me how television works? Chris stared at his questioner for a moment and then settled back in his chair, his forehead puckered with the concentration. Well, gee... He stopped. Well, he began again. I think it has to do with light rays passing through a, well, hmm. There's an electric impulse, see? I guess that sends out. He stopped altogether. Well, golly Moses, Mr. Wicker, he ended lamely. It seems to be pretty complicated to go into. Mr. Wicker smiled, a wide, engaging smile, showing strong white teeth. It is, he agreed warmly, his eye twinkling. Is it not very complicated? You probably would not be able to describe to me the details of how the radio or long-distance telephone work either, would you, young man? Chris had to grin back when he saw that Mr. Wicker was not laughing at him, but rather at the complexity of such mechanical things. Uh, no, sir, I, I guess not. We're just glad to be able to use them, I expect. Ah, said Mr. Wicker in a tone of immense satisfaction. Quite so. You are just glad to be able to use and enjoy them. Well then, my boy, the things that I have just shown you and what I am about to show you now are parts of knowledge which have to be discovered and learned in a time beyond your own, and the ability to move within time. Within time, said Mr. Wicker, stressed, leaning forward towards Christ. That faculty is also still in the future. In the meantime, it remains a rare gift. Mr. Wicker put a lean hand and tapped Mrs. Knee. You have it, Christopher. You were born with the ability to move backwards into time that has passed. Whether or not you will ever master the gift of moving into the future, that, of course, Mr. Wicker shrugged, is impossible to tell. You may. But for my purposes, that you have been able to return this far is enough. He looked searchingly at Chris. 
Have you understood what I've been saying up to now? He asked. I think so, sir, Rose answered slowly. This ability to move back and forth in time, Mr. Wicker continued, is no more far-fetched than the ability to send colored images and sound across the land into your own house, where you can see and hear them. It is something which, so far, and I mean, of course, in your time, has not yet been discovered. But it will be, mused Mr. Wicker, thoughtfully, pulling at his underlip with his unadvoured finger. Yes, it will be. He looked across at Chris as if returning from a great distance. But until it has been, it appears fantastic, does it not? It certainly does, Chris replied with fervor. If it weren't happening to me, I wouldn't believe it. No, nodded Mr. Wicker, and I wouldn't won't blame you. But now, he announced, rising and turning toward the table, you must have your mind set at rest regarding your mother. He motioned for Chris to join him. You will need to know only once, and they say, he smiled down at the boy beside him, they say that seeing is believing, so you shall see for yourself. Mr. Wicker picked up the round-bellied silver pitcher and set it in front of Chris. They say, too, Mr. Wicker said scornfully, that crystal balls are the things to look into. Perfect tommy rot. This will do equally well. Look and see. Chris bent to peer at the polished silver side of the pitcher. At first it shone, as no doubt it always did, from Becky Boozer's powerful rubbing. Then, as he watched, the rounded side of the pitcher misted over as if it had been filled with ice water. Next, the center of the misted portion cleared away, and as it cleared, a picture formed, welling up into his sight as if from within the pitcher through the silver of its sides. What Chris saw was a hospital room. On a white bed lay his mother, and beside her were his Aunt Rachel and a white-coated man Chris took to be a doctor. Then, as if inside his head, for he was not conscious of sound within the room, which had grown deeply still, he heard noises and words, and saw the lips of the doctor and his Aunt Rachel move. The doctor said, The turn has come. She will pull through, but she will need careful watchful care. Oh, thank God! Thank God! Aunt Rachel cried and covered her face with her hands. She burst into tears. The scene misted over once again, and when it cleared, the pitcher was merely a pitcher on a table in Mr. Wicker's room. Chris looked up at the man who regarded him gravely. Is that a trick, too? he asked. Just to make me stay? he grunted more loudly. No, son, the man replied, and his eyes confirmed his words. That is how it really is. My word of honor. And to Chris's great surprise, all at once he felt tears on his cheeks, while simultaneously a great lightness invaded him, and a wild washness to laugh. Mr. Wicker poured him a glass of water and held it out. Drink this, he said. All is well. You can be at peace. And now, he went on in a brisker tone, replacing the glass Chris had drained, let us begin our talk. End of Mr. Wicker's Window, Chapter 7